Let us remember we are always and everywhere in the holy presence of Christ. Hello, this is Rick, and welcome to the Presence Podcast. You are here for episode number 77. And I'm going to be doing two parts today, two episodes really, but looking at and reflecting on the two different moments, I think, of this day, which is Holy Thursday by some. Others call this Maundy Thursday. And uh, just a little bit of background, the Maundy Thursday is uh, short for the Latin mandato, which is a command. And the command that Jesus gives on this day in John's version of the Last Supper is love one another as I have loved you. That's the mandato or the demand on Maundy Thursday. Now, it's a unique day for Catholics because we are beginning, and really all Christians, but especially Catholics who think of it in these terms, we're beginning a three-day period called the Triduum. And the Triduum is three distinctive liturgical moments or movements. Now, I don't say three distinct liturgies because the liturgy does not end from one to the next. And as I talk a little bit about each of the liturgies, I will explain why and how it doesn't end. Today is Holy Thursday, as I mentioned, and for Catholics, the day actually starts with a special Mass called the Chrism Mass. And this is a Mass that I believe every diocese does, or archdiocese, and it is uh, celebrated at the cathedral, usually by the bishop or the archbishop. And it is in this Mass that the holy oil, or the chrism, that will be used throughout the year, throughout the diocese or archdiocese, it is at this liturgy that the holy oil is blessed and sanctified. Now, I don't say consecrated because only the Eucharist can be consecrated, but it is sanctified and blessed. And then it is taken by representatives from each of the parishes out to the parish where it will be placed in a special location. And again, used for baptisms, used for confirmations, used for anointing of the sick throughout the year. The evening brings the Holy Thursday liturgy proper. And this is called the Evening Mass of the Lord's Supper. And this year, the readings are pretty much the same as every year. It starts with a reading about the Passover and the instructions that the Israelites were given to celebrate the Passover, how to celebrate the Passover. This year, we then get a very short reading from uh, 1 Corinthians, in which St. Paul uh, describes, very briefly, the what we call today the words of institution and the words that Jesus uses at the Last Supper. Paul gives us this description years, decades in some cases, before the Gospels give us a similar description. So many scholars believe that this is a pretty clear indication that the earliest church is already using the formula that we get in the Gospels, that Jesus uh, takes the, his, the, the um, 
bread and says, this is my body, do this in remembrance of me, and takes the cup and says, this is a new covenant in my blood, that those words are very well enshrined already in the early church. And then we get to the gospel and moves us toward a ritual that I think is a wonderful, powerful ritual that John only gives us at the Last Supper. And this is when Jesus, it says, takes off his robes during supper, I should say. So we're not saying before supper or after supper, but during. And he begins to wash the disciples' feet. And you can read the scripture, and I I hope you do, and I hope you go to worship this evening and experience this communally, because it really is very much of a communal um, reading to participate in through a washing of the feet. But I'll get to that in a moment. So um, it's it's just such a great scene where Jesus um, shows what it means to serve and how scandalized even Peter and presumably the other apostles are at Jesus, the master, getting literally down on his hands and knees and doing what the lowest, the slave, the servant would do. And Jesus says, and the passage we read concludes, if there I, therefore, the master and teacher have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. I have given you a model to follow so that as I have done for you, you should also do. Wow. (laughs) I love it. And I especially love the fact that some churches, hopefully a increasing number year to year, not only enact or reenact this ritual, but actually invite people, the worshipers, the congregants to participate in the ritual. Now, some churches traditionally have done it with the priests or the deacons and the altar servers working together to wash a representative, quote unquote, sample of parishioners or worshipers. And this has striking visual impact, to be sure. But I think it is so much more effective and, quite frankly, much more to Jesus's spirit and Jesus's command, because this is a command in John's gospel. Just as an aside, you may or may not know that John in his gospel does not give us the words of institution. There's a long section about the Eucharist, but that comes early in John's gospel. John does not say Jesus took and blessed and broke the bread. It says this is the action that Jesus is giving to his followers, to those who will follow in his way. So churches, and I am glad that I go to one, invites people to come forward and wash each other's feet. And it's powerful and it's uncomfortable. People don't like that. Everybody's wondering, you know, what's that going to be like? Are my feet clean? How are my toes? Maybe I'll go get a manicure on Holy Thursday afternoon because people will be looking at my feet. But I think this is exactly the point because it reminds us of how uncomfortable this is to receive it probably more than actually doing it. You know, many good Christians, so to speak, are pretty okay at the feeling that comes with washing someone else's feet. 
But allowing someone else to wash your feet, uh uh-uh, that makes it difficult. So the liturgy concludes in a special way, but I'm going to get to that in the second part of this Holy Thursday reflection. So I'll close this first part with this question, one that I have thought about a lot. If we, as a church, maybe not so much instead of the Eucharist receiving the body and blood of Christ, we'll we'll keep that. That's clearly in the early church, remember St. Paul. But what if we washed each other's feet at par- as part of every liturgy, that at some point, right around the Eucharist, we did the ritual that Jesus shows us how to do right here in John's Gospel. Sure, it would take longer, it would take more logistics, but not really that much more or that much longer. But my question is this, what would it be like? How would you feel And how might it change the church and the church's role and Christian's role in the world if we were not forced, but invited to get down on our hands and knees each and every time we celebrated Mass and wash our neighbor's feet and allow our own feet to be washed as well. As always, thank you so much for listening. Blessings and peace.